So yeah, unfortunately, it ended up being uh, the longest scenario, which is like, oh, they turn it into just a big traditional fight, and then it's yeah. gonna take a fucking while. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to our final Frostside chat. The final one. Because we won't do one next week. This is, the whole next right? week is basically a Frostside chat. Uh, our weekly live stream post discussion where we talk about what happened during D&D. It's so fucking late, by the way. I'm just going to be slurring my words <laughs> like crazy. I had to pour myself another rum and coke at 1.45 a.m., which is, I am too old for this shit. This is the chat for session 90. The final chat. So Nin- we, we made it to a, like a, ra- a nice round number. 90 sessions. No idea it was going to be that way until we started creeping up on it, but uh, yep. definitely a record for session numbers in any campaign for sure. Uh, tomb was 86, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So we just pass it. Uh, DM nice. Eric here, Val Robbins, player Chris. This <laughs> player Ray, uh, Raymond is around somewhere. So yeah, this was uh, this was the final confrontation. This is not from the book. Um, the book does not do a great job of putting together an actual final climax. It kind of wants Uriel Arthas, I think, to be the final climax because technically you could defeat Oro way back at chapter five. I remember you, you saying that like Oro yeah. stops being a threat at some point in the But in she the can book. show up in this chapter, and the book does account for that. Um and, but it just says basically you can fight her as like a random encounter, like when she arrives in the city. She's supposed to arrive like within twenty four hours. And it's yeah, and like she can just turn off the or she can waltz right into the spire and it's it's really just crazy that yeah it doesn't seem to be scripted so i tried to script it where it's like all right well the spire you know the security system you guys do it and then that turns off to where now aural can officially enter the city because otherwise why couldn't she before well maybe because of mm. the fact that she had been generated from the mythalar's power that there was some held, right. held some kind of security barrier for her uh, so this was my plan for a while, which was, all right, well, they're going to have to fight Uriolarthus to get the security down, but then there's always going to be a final confrontation around the Mithalar, and I'm going to turn the Mithalar into a nuclear reactor that is, uh, you know, dangerously going to be overloading and about to be uh, destructive. So Yeah. So where does map come from? This is, not the uh, this is from, uh, uh, this, oh, shoot, do I still have? don't have that up anymore. Uh, this is from Eventier Games' uh, Complete DMs Bundle for Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Oh. Um, go to my last crafting stream. I linked it in there. Um, it's also where I got the Ethrin Street map from. Okay. Uh, and nice. he, uh, his blog, I guess, had some good suggestions for beefing up uh, the Oriole stat block, which in the book has three forms. Um, I kind of combined... I put the best parts of the first form into the second form. Okay. And then use just the second form and the third form, and then slightly change some of the abilities. Like instead of creating ice methods, she creates snow golems, and basically try uh, to yeah. scale it up to your level. Because again, this is all okay. for level like eleven, I think, at this point. Right. So I did beef her up a little bit. But the idea that I wanted to try to do here was instead of this being a traditional boss fight like the Eriolarthus boss fight was, this one was like an objective fight. Where it's like, yes, I'm putting you right in the middle of a bunch of enemies, but your goal is to actually get to the Mithalar. Um, now, of course, fighting is always on the table. And, and I shouldn't say that. You, you guys were always going to be an initiative and have that fight going on. But I was kind of hoping that the objective would be more of a race to get to the Mithalar and attune to it. Versus just turning it into a big slugfest. 
Um, now, I think it was still a pretty fun fight. It just ended up yeah. obviously lasting longer than I anticipated because uh, we went through like... Uh, for, See, I, for example, yeah. like when somebody attunes the Mithalar and they choose to... And, and even you heard me at the end say like, well, she's not even here anymore. But like that would have like killed Aurel like very dramatically if you decide to like reverse the thing that would have like destroyed her form. Oh, really? okay. That makes sense. I was looking at it. I don't know everybody else, but I was looking at, looking at it more like you set, set us up with a game of whack-a-mole. Like we've got these two opposing forces that are both trying to get to the objective. Our goal is to stop them from getting there. It is. I that's mean, yes. the way I, that's the way I interpreted the whole situation. It was like, there's a, there's an end point, And if either one of these bad people get to the end point, it's over. Which, which is partly. And, and it, our goal is to stop yeah. them from getting there. Which yeah, is so true. And, it, yeah. and th- that was always an option for sure. Um, and, and it was still a fun fight. I think it's yeah, just, oh, un- I, I, unfortunately I that. The fight. that I, I thought be, the, the actual like. Like mechanics is like okay, there's two these two sides that aren't fighting each other, but they're both trying to get there. Yes, and we're trying to stop both of them, so we're trying to like split our time and energy. Like I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of stuff lot. going, which which was definitely a good part of it. It just that the unfortunate thing is it ended up being the longest um, possible version of that because I had all these nice shortcuts for essentially once somebody successfully attunes to it, and no matter what you choose to do, that is basically going to end the fight. So at any point, somebody could have done it, and it would have been, I think, more a little more dramatic if somebody like attunes to it in the middle of you know the battle versus just having it be like, oh, battle has ended, and now you're going to go deal with it as kind of. I a... think your problem was you made the fight too good <laughs> because we it, the fight was too like dramatic, so yeah. we were really invested in the fight that was right in our face, which is good. I mean, I wanted it to yeah, be a very yeah, exactly. cool fight. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm torn between I, I, and the the catwalk thing. I. Now that you're describing it, and, and I, I kind of got this at the end when you were saying when you, some things you were saying, but it, early on, I interpreted what you were saying as like a post-battle thing, like, oh, this is how we're going to resolve this after we handle the situation that's right in our faces right yeah. now. Then we're going to go up and resolve the, the 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 problem up there on the on the altar up there. Yeah, I think I, w- I was also partially hoping that by having avarice go to it. That would inspire people to get up there and deal with her. Yeah, it um, did. But we. But it, well, instead, you teleported her back. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just funny the way you guys dealt with things differently than I thought. I thought it was gonna be more of a yeah. race, uh, yeah. but instead, it was like, a, no, we're just gonna keep pulling people back <laughs> in yeah. multiple ways. Yeah. I think twice from you, you pulled everybody back from it, which which mm. was an option, and it was still fun and enjoyable. I, um, I did. Li- I did really like this fight. I thought it was yeah. a really cool, like just construction. Again, the the way I was sort of playing it was like like you said, or like I said, like. A whack-a-mole thing. Like, yeah. Just can't let them get... I gotta, gotta keep gotta keep pulling them out. Gotta keep... And, you know, Thimbleweed was doing a good job of, like, harrying uh, Arl as she approached. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do get worried because... Um, the, like, the boss doesn't take damage for, like, two or three rounds or something. And you're just like, oh, man. Right. And you really gotta play it careful. Because my thing is... And, and here's the... I'll go ahead and say this. Had Avarice been able to successfully attune... To it, she would not have. She would have basically taken the damage first, and then maybe she tries again. But then she she chooses whatever she chooses. She ends up like taking a bunch of damage, which I just didn't do at the end because I like, well, whatever. The battle's done, and it's just. Yeah. But um, she would have essentially died from trying to do what she wanted to do, and it would have showed off the fact that yes, you can attune to this in the middle of combat, but um, it's very dangerous to do so, and possibly right. um, uh, life ending <laughs> to do that so it my might last have... yeah. turn or a second to last turn i did consider 
running up to try to tune to it faster than her. But That's, yeah, I was talking to Chris about that. That was, the, that was the other problem too. Like outside of the catwalk, we saw what the damage was, and we none of us were going to walk in there. None of us were even going to attempt that. Right. So it was either go fifty feet in the air, which not all, not most of us can't even do at this point. Or just handle the, the, the actual threats. Yeah. Instead. So I, I, you know, and I wanted to make it difficult. Like it shouldn't be just easy, yeah. like walk up and do it. Like it yeah. should be a hard environmental thing you have to worry about. Um, yeah. It, some characters can fly, some can climb, or somebody could try to run in there. But yeah, the damage is pretty bad to where you, it wouldn't we, be a great idea. And we all spent the entire fight below half, below half. Like yeah. I, was, I, I saw all our health bars. Everybody was low the entire fight. That made an interesting challenge for me because uh, this is a final fight. But you guys basically fought two boss fights back to back, so I had to yeah. be very careful about how to go hard on this one. And I, I think I played it pretty well. It would have been nice to down a few people, but you guys also just drank potions like crazy. I think I stopped yeah. trying. I, I never recharged her cone of cold. Um, but say, I feel like you might have. I mean, if you really wanted to, but again, it's a tough balance because if you start downing people, right. it can cascade really. It easy. can, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of your heals were self, it was those self potions of healing yeah, you were doing. And if potions, you can't do that, right. then yeah, players go down and it gets pretty nasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, and I think she didn't get any legendary actions that first round either. I think I just skipped those entirely those and kind of gave you guys around. a round to deal with stuff. And then that ability where she did that to Katavik, she could just do that to everybody. That's also on a recharge. It's crazy powerful. She just like sucks. Now you do get a save against it. I just never did that because I was like, this is just a good way to get rid of Katavik for this fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, normally you can save, but it's like a DC 21 charisma save. It's not oh, good. Wow. And the only yeah. other way to do it is for somebody to deal basically any kind of fire damage to the crystal, and then that would free the person. Oh, okay. But otherwise, they, wow. they, they're stunned, and they take cold damage every turn. And it, she, it's just on That's a recharge. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I pulled back on that. I kind of used some of her like lower abilities, because that was doing plenty of work, and mm -hmm. tried to like play it. But have her like marching you know, forward towards the Mithalar. Yeah. And the weird thing is that stat block she has doesn't have fly, so I guess she was like, well, she knows she's got the second form that can fly, so she would just walk up to the thing, and then no matter what, her form would go away, she turned to that crystal, and the crystal would fly up there and then be able to yeah. attune to it. But that's basically game over if she does that. So it becomes like right. she's, it's like the timer for you guys. Like, as long as she keeps making it up there, if she's able to ever attune to it, then it's just, you're donezo. Yep. Unfortunately, yeah. it's thunderstorming here, so... The kids are waking up, so I'm going to go. Is it really thunderstorming down there? Damn. Yeah. I want to get in here. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's also Bye. super late, so I don't want to stay up too late. Uh, good night, sir. <laughs> good night. I don't have a two-camera one, so I don't know what to do now. <laughs> Maybe I do. Uh, I do, actually. I do have one. This, this must have happened at least once. Well, the, the one I have is, I think, from when me and Celeste, or we and Rochelle did uh, our two-person oh, session zero. Okay. I think that's the... Oh, no, here's one. There's, there's one of me and you. Yeah, uh, yes, Captain Mike, it did go very, very long. Which, you know, final episodes... They, they do that. It's gonna happen. Um, and, and, the, and the last one went very long, too. So I think it was... This, yeah. this one did, I think, was the single longest I mean, this, session we had. With the, this does but I can't skimp on that. We, I, can't, I can't end it. Like, we're on a schedule. Yeah, like, I have to... Yeah. Like, we have to get through it. But this, this also does remind me that we... Every time we do have one of these sessions, it reminds me that, like, we are playing D&D &D outside of the norm. Normal D and D players play for like five hour long sessions. They like they like get together on a Saturday and they play for fucking. I don't know about five. Many yes, I, I think the average is more like three or four hours, and and yeah. our average is like two to two, two and, two and, and a half. a half average. Yeah. yeah, 
So if we go three hours, it's like really long for us. It's and this one, I'm pretty sure was like three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Yeah, and then the, and the last one was three. When I do my Patreon D&D games, we go straight up three hours. But sometimes we've gone late and gone like three and a half or four hours. And I yeah. feel it. I'm like really gassed about yeah. doing that. And it gets it gets that, really the, tough. These, these, these sessions, though, like need that amount of time, you realize? Yeah. But, but to, like, to make these proper giants. Like a level 15 fight that's a final like climaxing with a lot going yeah. on like it's just it's gonna take you a while need that level of epicness and that it yeah takes time. and like yeah, i said absolutely. you the, the path you guys take you know there was no wrong path but i felt bad because it was getting so late and i was like oh you guys just you you've, you've taken the longest possible path to do this basically where it's like no we're gonna yeah. we're gonna take down every enemy that we can on the board wipe the threat out and then we'll go and attune to it which is yeah. totally yeah. an option and you guys succeeded at it but that was the flip side is i felt bad because i know you know, people, we're getting all getting cranky. Like we're just missing stuff. And it's just like it. Yeah, this is, you know, it's partly on me, but partly on you guys, I think, for, for the for the choices well, to do it. Yeah, that's true. I, I do think w- what you might have done, but I still don't know if you would have done it. I still think we were pretty locked into our strategy. But what you might have done, because I think the only real clue was Katavix's speech. And I think I don't, I don't know about everybody else, but like I took his speech as a post battle option, not a in battle option. And maybe something like you, I know this is always a dumb thing from DMs, but like you feel like you could blank, you know, you yeah. feel like you could walk into the mythical art attempt to attune to it. At some point I should have I been, yeah, more obvious. I didn't, it. I never thought I could do that. Like until like the very end when you were, when, when you said it, like you could just walk in and try to attune to it and you would take the damage. Yeah. I was like, oh, I think, could, I think could I, we? okay. Yeah, you're right. I think I realized too late that I should have been a little more, um, obvious about it at some point just because nobody was biting at, at the fact that they yeah. should even think about going over you there reminds, a little, it reminds me of a little bit of like when you're in like a, like a video game boss fight and you're running around and uh you're like you're they're trying to attack him and it's not working well oh and you're fighting. frustrated but, the, you don't but know. then you run around the edge and suddenly a little button pops up and says like activate marker like wait what does this button do you press it and it do, like activates the arena and you like hurt them and like yeah. oh i was supposed to be using these things on the map i had no idea you yeah. know that kind of thing you're saying it was bad game design on my part too no i think i think there might have been one more I, you could have used one more uh like if only like, somebody had freed Katavix from his uh, uh yeah, ice stasis <laughs> he might have been able to we really didn't give a shit enumerate on that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, no, that, that's a good point. And and clearly, once we got to a pretty late point, um, I think, yeah, I, I think the idea is I was trying to do that in-game organically through Avarice. I was going to have her attuned to it, and you were going to see that happen. And so hopefully that was going to give you the, the idea. is like, oh, shit, you can just do this, yeah. and it's a thing. Um, and then you snatched drop, which was a great move, technically, but then I, I think I forgot the fact that, oh, that was the reason I was doing that was to kind of show you guys that this was a thing you can do. Right. Um, and then you guys are stuck to your strategy of like, no, we just need to keep them from doing it rather than put one of ours up there to try to do right. it. Right, yeah, yeah. Which, again, I, and I talked about this crafting stream, like, D&D is all about that phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Exactly. So I, I yeah, like, yeah. keep pointing out the water here. It's like, here's the water, here's the water, here's the water. The player's like, nah, we're good. We're going to fight all the it, other horses. And it may be, like, even if you had perfectly presented it and we all knew exactly, like, here are the three options of how to handle this, we still would have chosen this option. Mm-hmm. Like, that's entirely possible. Yeah, because it's like, like, this is well, more efficient like, for us. We don't have, like, it's going to take us, like, two turns to get over there. Like, we'll just exactly. be up on all I these creatures like in here. in terms of our skill set and what we, as a team, were good at, yeah. we did we did that. This is, that's, that's how we so handle the situation. Here's a question like, I want to ask. Initially on this map, 
because uh, as everybody jokingly pointed out, like, oh, we're in the middle of all the bad guys. I initially had you guys, um, I guess kind of where you were, maybe a little bit more to the side, and I had the enemies about, like, 40 feet south of you, like, like Aurel and all of our forces were down there. And that's how I was going to start yeah. it off, to where you guys were clearly halfway between the Mithalar and her forces. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if psychologically, and it's hard to look at it in hindsight, do you think you guys still would have rushed in and fought all that battle, or would some of you have been like, well, maybe we should go up there to the Mithalar? Because I later changed it to put you guys right in the middle of the fight, because then I was worried that's like, oh, well, if they rush up there too quickly, this is actually going to be anticlimactic, because they won't do any fighting. So I kind of forced the... the uh, and maybe I forced it too much putting you guys right in the middle of all the enemies right. where it's like, all right, now we got to fight everybody. I feel like you're kind of like screwed either way there. Yeah. Because I, th- I think you're right. Like if, if you had put it like characters want to fight, it, like you don't want to just. Yeah. It, you know? if, if, if you had phrased it as like, oh, in the distance, you see Aurel approaching you, but you know what you need to do with the Mithalar. If you had phrased it that way. We, yeah, you're right. We probably 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 would have tried to deal with the Mithalar before she got there. You because yeah. the. It's like it's like how you set up a scene. But I would have put like, you guys the in the scene. An... Is set up as a like a chase scene. Like she's ch- ch- chasing us as we try to accomplish the thing with the Mithalar. Yeah, but I versus I didn't, I didn't want to go that far. I still wanted to put right. you guys in combat right away in initiative yeah. order. And I, it would have been interesting to see if even in initiative order, some players would have like turned into like, okay, well, I'm going to use my superior speed or flight or whatever capabilities I have to just. My dream would have been to have some of the people come up there and like, all right, I'll take these guys on. You guys go, one or two of your harmony, oh, go yeah. deal with the Mithalar, and that'll be like the split party. And then I can have Avarice come down, and then that has to deal with that situation. Again, I made this joke later on, but the the thought occurred to me at the very beginning. When, when uh, what's his name? We said his name like five times in this uh, Kadavix? Uh, chat. Kadavix, when he said it, the the very first thing that popped in my mind was Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> It's like, yeah. oh, like, like we as a team had, we we as a group we of wizards to had to it. contain the thing. I was like, oh, this is this is the way that the the, the collector described the power stone, like I, a bunch of people in a circle. That's exactly what my inspiration was for this. Yeah, <laughs> and and there is no rule about attuning it in the mythlock because it's not it's not like under duress or anything in the book. That was all something I developed. So. I, and I took inspiration probably from the D&D movie, too, where it's like, oh, attuning yeah. something is like a challenge. Yes, yeah, yeah. So attuning to something that's, like, just, like, damaged, you know, and is leaking all this energy should also be a challenge. So the rule I wrote down was um, if one person tries to attune to it, it's a DC 25 Arcana check. For every additional person that attunes to it, it reduces that DC by three. Oh. So with all five of you attempting to attune to it, the DC becomes a 10. Wow, okay. So there's a DC 10 at the end. Thimbleweed failed. Yeah, exactly. Now, it would have been very tricky in combat, in initiative order, if multiple people try to attune, and that was something I was trying to... How would that have even worked? I was trying to figure that out during the crafting stream, Mm. and I think ultimately it was like, well, I would still let players know that this is a thing they can do, and and, and, you know, I would remind them, as Katavix had told them in the beginning, but it would have to be some kind of, like, ready action situation where it's like, all right... The people that go first get up there, they ready their action to attune, and then when the person decides to attune, that will trigger all the other readies, or it has to be some kind of shenanigans, or I'd maybe even just play it more casually than that, where it's like, all right, well, some of you can just spend your reaction to attune, or it depends on the, yeah. how dire the situation would have been, I guess. Right, right, okay. And it was, was it always the plan for everybody to take the, or to have to save against the madness while they were doing it? Yes, that was part of something I added to, is if you fail, you take damage. If you succeed, you gain the indefinite madness. Okay. Because that's just part of attuning to it, is now your, like, mind touched the far realm. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. The only tricky thing there was that because, and I, I appreciate him doing it, but because uh, Edmund had a madness that changed his personality, the decision at the end became kind of weird. True. Because, like, no, we can't, we can't, like, let him dude he's like crazy you know like he's, <laughs> he's like literally like yeah. everything's funny and you know like so i like the fact that it was a group i mean also granted it was late rochelle was already like yeah I, I i felt bad where she was just like i don't fucking care Let's she, was, like, do she this. was like i literally i saw her like 20 minutes earlier like yeah like trying to stay away i know so and i, I like i said like the fact that everybody stays up till one is really that's three hours for us which is amazing this one was like 1 30 or is like and i'm right. making and we're having this big like climax decision i was like damn this, this is too bad that it's yeah we're also gassed <laughs> but yeah i because it was like a group decision at that point which that was interesting too. I I, I kind of liked it. Like the like, um, okay, you guys have the power now. You know, you decide what to do. Which is kind of how our last campaign ended, except it happened to just be that Reese's character ended up with like the power. Because the last campaign was a similar thing where it was yeah. like, oh, the 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 universes are splitting apart, and someone has to grab the staff and like and like choose what to do with all this power. That's true. Yeah. And Reese Reese was like, I'm just gonna contact my god. I'm like, all right, well, God tells you to do this. <laughs> yeah, and I really had to just be up to the players completely. And, and what's funny, this is again, it was a, a consequence of being so late. But I was gonna initially have you guys come up with ideas of what you wanted to have happen. And then everybody's like, oh, just kind of staring. I was like, all right, let me just tell you what, what your options are. That, yeah, that at least I'm prepared yeah. for to have happen, which is right. basically what Avarice wanted to do, what Aura wanted to do, and then what you, quote, should do, basically. Right, yes, yes. But you picked up on the good ending. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought, like, that, like our whole goal this entire time was to end the endless night. I mean, I guess, like, as Edmund pointed out, if one of us had become a god, he could, they could have ended the Quite possibly, although it would have been fun to roleplay that and see yeah. Uh, uh, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah but i i think yeah at least from val robin's perspective it was like he, he was very much in the as you as, as you stated no one man should have all this power sort yeah. of camp. yeah uh, and that's a good point that was the the culmination of like hey you've seen you know the ill effects that can happen like yep. she used to be a person and she became you know this uncaring god because yeah. of the power so yeah that's where I was coming from anyway. Yeah, no, it was it was fun. There was a lot of really cool, memorable moments here. Um, I feel like the balance was pretty tricky, but I think it worked pretty well. I think it was a really close. I mean, it like was. you said, like, like there, there, there were a couple times where I thought somebody was going to go down, but nobody did go down. Yeah, so, it's kind of surprising. Like, Everybody was floating yeah. around like 20, 10 or 20% hit yeah. points the whole time, which got real tense. But I That's was crazy. Yeah, nobody actually went down, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. I think uh, your spells made a ton of difference. Um, Man, I actually, like, because you weren't, well, it's also because for some reason I was making con saves, like, that, weirdly enough, like, usually I don't make those. But That's true, I, usually like, you lose all, stuff. Like, I got off, like, four high-level spells, they all did work, and yeah. I was just like, wow, this, ne this rarely happens yeah. for this character. <laughs> One of your best showings, I think, in terms of yeah. the, the high-level spells. And I will say it felt like a, when you do a lot of high level spells, it kind of sucks for me. Like when you lock somebody down or force cage, this time was actually kind of, I think it was actually pretty fun and it helped with the balance. Cause I was pretty worried about those. Those frost giant skulls oh, are yeah. pretty strong. Yeah. And not only did you take one away, but that thing killed like three or killed four like golems like, going yeah. through people. So I was like, all right, I actually feel okay with this. It was hilarious yeah. that I kept rolling crits for it. <laughs> it was for that one creature. It got two crits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do you enjoy your Frey versus Wendigo showdown? 
it was fine. Mm. I, I think it, it, it was fun for Frey. Um, it was never, yeah. and I noticed how I didn't use the Wendigo to its full potential. I didn't use all those crazy abilities because right. there's enough going on here. And that's true. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was very cool, also. But it was also like one of a piece of eight other things yeah. that, that were happening. It was meant moment. to be a cool little culmination of her, you know, character arc for sure. And and it's funny that she never expressed interest in trying to like solve the things. I was like, all right, well, here's just a one-two punch of having this you know, god power try and transform you, and then the Mythalar just, which the Mythalar was my random ability to, by the way, rebalance the fight if I needed to. Mm. So it maybe could have healed people or res people or something if, oh, it, if yeah. it popped out. Okay. Right. I did not have that scripted stuff. It does say in the book that if you're attuned to it, you can use, you can recharge magic items with it. But ah. I just said, well, it's malfunctioning, the energy's going crazy, so maybe it just erupts it into... Uh, everything. Yeah. yeah, I think only Frey really took advantage of it, but it was... Uh, well, Edmund, started, Edmund used two more animals. Oh god, he did. I was like, the I animal was, bag was empty. so frustrated with Edmund. And it's not fair because I think it's a fun for his character, but I thought for sure if any character was going to be able to fly up and deal with the Mythalar, it was him. Mm. And he just fucking sat in the middle of the <laughs> battlefield and just kept spawning beasts and I just kept killing them and and I know he was annoyed I, by it, but I was like all these enemies are doing AoE damage. You're standing in the middle of the field like I, they're you're you're level 15 and you're summoning these beasts man i don't know what to tell you i i love that he loves doing that but yeah you've got like high level spells she's vulnerable right. to i was losing my mind like she's vulnerable to fire like it's just you have so <laughs> many just, better things you could do on your turn i would like to summon another pair <laughs> just constantly summon these animals god oh it's it's, it's where the the, he the was fantasy me with of the character one. comes in, in conflict with the mechanics of, yeah. of the game it's like he just at that point i, I do think he just liked that he just that liked doing it which is fun character. and that's what i was like yeah. your next character needs definitely needs to be like some kind of pokemaster thing but right um it was just funny in that circumstance where it's like this is just you've got like a hundred artificer you've got all these options so in front many of you, things and yeah you really focused it on the animals <laughs> yeah yep that was hilarious. I think it went through like three. I think I just, I mean, now granted they absorbed a lot of health, right? So I guess at some point, like they tanked a lot of damage, but some of the damage was AOE that he, you know. I'm about to say like, yeah, at one point you guys were talking about how much did the animals absorb. I was like that. that at least last, two of the animals. Wolf, just... That wolf died without saving him any damage right. because it took all AOE damage. Yeah, there was, and... there was a few hits from like a snow golem that did target yeah. like the bear, I think, instead of him. But yeah, a couple of them just died straight up because of AOE damage that would have hit him anyway. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was driving me absolutely bananas. <laughs> <laughs> just kept some of those animals. Yeah. The rest of you performed very well, though. The Shardolin thing is something I just came up with pretty much this session, I think, in terms of like, I always liked the idea of having... Oro being kind of a, having a kryptonite Superman relationship with Shardolin. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, it's from Aetherin, so maybe that has some kind of weakness to her. And I kind of tease the fact that, like, all the the cultists using the Shardolin weapons are, like, really effective against the enemies. It's just that right. she's got the numbers. And it felt pretty decently balanced, because a lot of you don't actually have Shardolin uh, gear. It's pretty much just Thimbleweed with his arrows. Right. I thought, all right, well, she, she can just take double damage, like, vulnerability from Shardolin, essentially. Yep. Because I think he did the most amount of damage to the Frost Maiden both times i feel like i think he yeah he was doing the m most damage in general to her like yeah he went into her as she walked through oh it's so late anything else about this session it's obviously cool fight. don't talk about the campaign like we'll talk about that next week yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah actual this is specifically the i liked it I thought that was a really neat fight yeah it felt it felt very tense it felt like we were kind of on the edge of failure you know the entire time which i think is 
is crazy fun. that both of these were very big epic fight this one the Eriolarthus fight and i think both of them nobody actually went down yeah yeah you're right nobody actually actually went down which is pretty impressive it is. I did. I did originally have it in my notes, which I didn't end up pulling the trigger because it was so late. It would have been kind of anticlimactic to have everybody make really high level saves or possibly be like disintegrated or vaporized when you actually redirect that energy. Oh yeah. But it was just, and this was part of the consequence of, of having the fight, uh, having the attunement come after the battle when like the climax yeah. is already crested. Even though we're kind of at a, a nice little climax at the end, but it's like, you know, what if uh, I don't remember the guy's name at the end of um, uh, Ronan. If they had already defeated Ronan and they were just like trying to like you know grab onto the crystal or something, right, it yes. maybe you know the pacing gets a little it, bit thrown off. The pacing it's like, is not as yeah yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah, I yeah I think I it worked like out that, pretty well. I feel like that's I feel like that's happened in literally every single one of our campaigns, where like we both you and I have had like ideas of like okay here's what happens after the the big the big climax of of the climactic fight, and it always is underwhelming because. We the climax happens so late in the evening, yeah. That you you kind of have to go like, and you win, and you leave the place, yeah. And Which is why I was hoping the now. I think that's why I was hoping the attunement happened earlier yeah. in this fight because that would have I think made the pacing a little bit more yeah. exciting if I'd been able to do that and have it and have Earl still be a threat on the battle map and everything, but right. instead of it being kind of a little coda at the end, right? Um, but still fun to describe, and you know I, the, yeah, the battle yeah. of charisma wills I think ended up going off pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Farrah was never never gonna lose that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so we will still talk about the epilogue and recap next week. I'll have to write down some uh, things that I don't even remember half the shit that happened in this campaign that I'll have to try to come up with. Maybe yeah. and hopefully we can write like, it together with all of you. Do after, after yeah, that'll over, be part like, of it. What I think with the, with the town. Yeah, everybody. Everybody comes with uh, you know what is going on with your character and yeah, uh, you know what actually happens from there on. Everybody survived, so. Mm-hmm and see where it goes from there but we will do uh, I'll 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 do a final crafting stream on my Monday usual Monday stream night uh which it'll be basically similar to an epilogue and recap but you'll just get more of a intimate conversation with me uh and then for the epilogue and recap episode that'll be the one where we're all here we're all talk about the whole campaign we're asking questions about everything feedback favorite moments I'll do a bunch of trivia questions because I keep track of all the stats throughout the campaign. We'll have giveaways going throughout for those of you watching. So it'll be just a big fun wrap party at the end to put a final bow on uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. And after that, we will take, I believe, at least a two week break. And then, because I'm moving, <laughs> that's going to take a hot second to get reestablished. Uh, and then stay tuned for what's coming next. I will say, we'll not start my next campaign for a little bit of a while. We'll be doing some other stuff in between. All right, uh, I think that will do it for this final session of Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Everybody can go back to enjoying <laughs> Zelda, enjoying the Diablo uh, Slayer. Yep. <laughs> There's so much shit going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't played any of it, but gosh, I really like playing D&D with all of you and, and doing the stream show and everything. So, All right, uh, we'll see you next week with the Rap Party. Bye.